You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. How did that happen? The Flames taking a beating on the bayou. What went wrong? What can be corrected? What has become a trend? That and more on this week's Flame Central Podcast, and it starts right now. Now from our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. I don't know if that's really on the bayou. I think we kind of don't we just say that about anything in Louisiana. Yeah. Like it's probably not. It'd be like saying like anything in Texas is on the border. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'm like 18 <laughs> hours from the yeah. border. It always yeah. snows in Canada. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's so, like summer. Yeah. There's a snow there. Yeah. Say, what? <laughs> right. So I'm sorry. Sorry for that stereo. Somebody asked me actually legit one time if it rained in Canada. And I was really, <laughs> really confused. No, and then did. I realized it was always, no, fro- it was always fr- frozen. Yeah. They yeah. always thought it snowed. I got it. But it took me a while to yeah. like, what kind of question is that? It sounds like a country song. Does it ever rain? in Canada. Yeah, it really does. You know? Anyways. Anyway, well, uh, 31-28, the final on Saturday night. Liberty Falls to Louisiana Monroe in a stunner, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I was having people text me, you know, different stats and things throughout the game, and a source I trust uh, did some research and said this was the 10th biggest upset in college football based on the spread. Liberty was a 32-point favorite and lost the 10th biggest upset since 1980. Wow. So that just kind of puts into That's perspective it. how much of a stunner uh, this game was, and you kind of start first breaking it down just from you, you, you look towards Malik Willis. That's just kind of the way you gravitate because of who he is and what he's done. Was able to throw for just 135 yards in this game. I, I, the pass game and pass attack was as bad as we've seen it this year. I mean, I know you have Demario Douglas out, and that's an easy thing to point to, but this was a ULM defense that the fewest yards they'd given up through the air all season was 246. They averaged allowing over 300 yards per game through the air. Liberty mustered 135. It just, whether it it was the receivers not being able to create separation, I know Malik missed on a few. Obviously, he had three interceptions as well. It just wasn't there. It wasn't clicking. And it's hard to say, pin that all on Demario Douglas not being available. I, I That just seems like too much to yeah. put on one guy. Yeah, there, there's too many weapons in that room. And and the and the disappointing part of it is like, hey, they truly had been when DJ Stubbs was out. It was like, okay, next man up. Right. It was truly that next man up mentality. And and there there's so much depth in that room that there's guys that are scratching and clawing for just an opportunity to see the football come their way. And for it not to go there, there there's zero excuse in that. And for it to not to go that way, if somebody was able to step up and make those plays was extremely, extremely disappointing. I'll jump on that too. I do agree that there's too many weapons that not enough have been utilized. Does it ever feel like to you though this year, the last year of Buckshot or the final few years of Buckshot, it felt like it was the AGG Buckshot connection. Right. At times for me this year, it feels like if it's not CJ Daniels or if it's not Demario Douglas, then who is it? Like, it feels like he's kind of gotten glued to those two receivers yeah. at times. And I'm not trying to pick on him. Like, yeah, and we've seen it. Get, lot, and, right? they, and they yeah. are. That's and they're a, making that's plays. I mean, that's, yeah. It's not like they're not making plays. It's one thing if you're like, hey, I'm glued in on this guy. But, like, yeah, yeah. we're throwing the ball. We're completing the ball. We're making plays. So you have a tendency as a quarterback to, yeah, you're going to go to the guys who – who make plays. But I know you're going to touch on this later. There was an opportunity Ouch. for tight end being wide open at one point. Yeah. So, yeah, there's got to be more people in the mix getting the ball. That's the question. And it's hard for us. You know, I'm watching, you know, just on TV like everybody else. 
you can't see the whole field. It's not like we're watching the all 22 right, you know, angle true. Where, where we can see, oh, he missed missed this guy here. Oh, he had this guy here. So it's hard it's hard to say for sure whether it's, hey, are they not getting enough separation? Were guys not creating that, you know, giving him a chance? Or was he just missing open targets? I will say this. I don't think DJ Stubbs is healthy, and I think we can all yeah, kind of get that. He's not sure. doesn't have the same explosiveness that he had prior mm-hmm. to the injury. Kevin Shaw, two catches, two yards. Yeah. Like, you figure, okay, DeMario's out. Who's a guy that can really step up? You'd think Shaw would be that guy. 100%. He didn't get a lot thrown his way. Huntley ended up leading the team in receiving with 31 yards. Like, it was across the board. There was there was no one that really separated themselves and showed themselves as the guy that could kind of step up and lead uh, from the receiver position. And then you add to that what's been a theme with the running game. And if it's not Malik running the football – you're not getting a lot of effectiveness from anybody else. So I, I guess the bigger question is like, what do you pin all this on? Does it all Hugh Freeze mentioned a few times in his post-game comments, we didn't control the line of scrimmage. We didn't control the line of scrimmage. And we talked about that as well, the offensive line. Does it all come back to that? Yeah, I mean, the issue with exactly in the in the, in the that's why he's harping on that point, is that he understands, especially like this is why it's so I don't know, devastating is not the right word. Sometimes you just lay an egg. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, guess what? These are, you know, 18 to 21-year-old right. college kids, and they just lay an egg. But I think what you're going to see, the emphasis being on Liberty's rushing game, and we talked about this before in weeks past, is that to play some of these really good teams that are coming down the pipe, you have to get back to your traditional run game. You have to be able to run – your man blocking schemes, your inside zones, your outside zones, all the different traditional schemes that they have. You've got to be able to do that well with traditional tailbacks, with TJ Green, with Joshua Mack, with Shedra Lewis. You've got to be able to do those things in order to have success. If you start, if we start pinning everything down on Malik Willis running the football and you're playing Ole Miss, you're playing Army, you're playing, I mean, the Raging Cajuns, right. you're going across the board on some of these teams, one of two things is going to, is going to happen. One, you're most likely going to get beat. Two, you're probably going to get the kid hurt if you, yeah. if you try to tell him to carry that much of a load. So I think that's where – and Coach Freeze knows that. He knows that we got to get back. We have to have success in traditional – and that comes down to the offensive line, the bottom line. Those backs are good backs. The offensive line has got to be able to block the traditional run game in order for Liberty to have success in, in the second half of the season. It kind of reminds you when Lamar first broke out onto the scene with the Ravens, right? They were talking about are they going to be able to establish this kind of run game with the quarterback for a long period of time. And no, eventually smart minds caught up yeah. to it. And I think you're starting to see that now with Liberty too. Well, yeah, it, it, just offensively, you, you don't expect a game like, like they were a 14 nothing to have. They get shut out in the third quarter, completely you know, outscored 28 nothing. Liberty didn't have a first down, I don't believe, in that third quarter. It was, it's like it all fell apart. But let's go even to another trend that we've talked about throughout the year that showed up in this game, and that was penalties. Like, that's one of those things when you're winning, you kind of just say, I got to clean that up. But when you lose, then you say, oh, man, you know what? Those six penalties, 105th in the nation in penalties per game. You know, you think about two of them that were extremely costly. Third quarter, it would have been a three and out. Liberty defense going to get off the field, but a roughing the passer on the third down extended the drive. ULM scored. They went up 28-14. And then on ULM's final drive, another roughing the passer moved them 15 yards closer, yeah. which they ended up needing because they made a 50-whatever, three-yard field yeah, goal or whatever yard. it was. Their yep. first over 50 since, like, the the Lyndon Johnson era. And and so, like, <laughs> so like obviously that played a factor there, too. So those penalties, again, it's one of those things, like, what was it? You know, coaches say 
you want to make those have to make those corrections in wins, right? You want to be able to like, yeah. oh, you win, but you still have those things to, to correct. You don't want to have to make them after losses. Well, the punt, the penalties has been a problem all year long. And, and the and the the roughing the passer yeah. is potentially one of the most frustrating right. because you run a really tight line as a defensive line coach or linebacker coach, like. You want to get after the quarterback. You are preaching to these guys that we got to get them, we got to hit them, we got to get them on the ground. Well, then you run that fine line between getting them on the ground, hitting them, punishing them, play after play after play, and then getting a roughing the passer. Right. And so it's like that is such a dip, but they're the ones, especially when it comes down to crunch time, they're the ones you just can't have them. Yeah. I, I, any which way, any which way you slice it. You just can't have them. And roughing the passer, a 15-yard penalty, it's an automatic first down. And in today's day and age of the protection of the safety of football players, that that is at the top of the referees. It doesn't take a lot. And every quarterback is treated as the marquee guy. Yeah. They want to keep them in the game. And so the, the, those are, yeah, you just you can't have them, and especially down the stretch. Well, one other thing I want to touch on that was a little bit frustrating. You know, Liberty's had some some special teams issues at times this year, but they had a huge special teams play in the first quarter, blocked a field goal. Skylar Thomas scoops it up, takes it all the way down, should have walked in for a touchdown. He had two guys running alongside him that could have blocked. Instead, they didn't, and some big tight end hustling all the way down just goes right between him and forces Thomas out at the two-yard line. And the two, you know, Liberty guys, I think it was Lowe and uh, Meganson, just kind of let him make that play. And you're saying, okay, well, big deal. You're at the two. You know, okay, it would have been nice to get it in there. Then Liberty goes four plays, can't get it in from the two-yard line. Yeah. And so that seems to be one of oh, – and there have been some issues. But, like, a kryptonite, if you want to call it that, for this Liberty offense has been being inside the five. Yeah. You know, that's been an issue. And that's where I think he keeps coming back to maybe the offensive line. Yeah. Because you try to run the ball there, and they did. I think it was four straight runs. Uh, trying to get in three with the running back, I think it was, and one with Malik, and not being able to get that push, like that. That is, uh, and against some teams, you say we, you get it, you get it. Even right. against a Syracuse, you say okay, you get it. Just you don't have to necessarily blow open holes. Just kind of work a, just get a stalemate, right? Yep. Just, just, just don't get that kind of penetration against you. But against ULM, like you've got to be able to overpower a line like that and punch it in from the two yard line and. You know, again, at the time, you're saying, ah, big deal. Liberty will be fine. Maybe you win by two touchdowns yeah. instead of three. Well, it ended up being a big deal. And well, what it does is when you get a, you know, a guy who makes a hustle play, okay, and then the ball's on the two-yard line, a team that you know that you're better than, and that team gets a stop. You have to look at it from the ULM point of view. When that team gets a stop after a hustle play from the two-yard line, then their confidence, yeah. like, wow, the more you let, it's like when you play a team that you're a 32-point favorite yeah. favorite on, the, the the really good teams, they stick their foot on their throat, they step on it, they crush it, and they move on, okay? And when you have plays like that where the ball's on the two-yard line after, after a big special teams play and you can't punch it in, well, you just took your foot off their throat and now all of a sudden they're breathing again, yeah. and then it's like, oh, okay, Okay, we're gonna. And it, it's what it does for the other team's confidence in those situations. Yeah, I would. I think that's the one thing I've noticed about Liberty as a whole this year is that there's been lapses, mental lapses that have changed momentum in games huge. And that's I, I agree with you. It's just the momentum factor. It swings all in favor of the opposition at that point. 
And you have to, like, you really can't let that slip because as we get greater competition, it's going to get worse and worse. To your point, you know, going back to coming down, you're on the two-yard line. You should be able to punch it in. But going before that, like, those two guys need to hang back and just run a little little interference. Well, right? yeah, it's almost like all you, it would have taken. It's just basically yeah. slow down, and that would yeah. have been enough. It's it like, would, wouldn't have taken a lot. Yeah, like, it's like watching the Tour de France. You know, you got your lead guy, and then you just <laughs> got the two guys who are just kind of hanging back that are just getting in the way, and that's all you need. But, like, again – it's going, it's going back to that mindset of, I don't know if it's thinking, yes, we are the superior team, which you were, but that's why you play the game. You have to, I don't want to call it details because I feel like Liberty is a pretty good detail football team. Yeah, very much but it's so. Just, but it's just moments where the judgment fails. All right. So, Joe, for people that don't know, you've not always been just like this you know, business tycoon. You were a football <laughs> player. You were a football player at a high level back yeah. in your day in North Carolina in the <laughs> CFL. Do you remember either... A game like this, probably not where you were a 32-point favorite and lost, but do you remember a game where right. maybe you were a heavy favorite and didn't get the job done? And what what was it like in that moment? And how do you try to move on from that? Because we always talk about don't let one loss turn into two. This feels different than the Syracuse one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That was a game I Liberty could have won. It was right there. But, well, it was also one of the better running backs in the country and yada, yada, yada. You know, you had the new roof and all that stuff. But this felt... This one feels different. Yeah. You know, that, what people, like I tried to, it's been a long time. So, yeah. <laughs> right. It's been a long time since what back. Do you back remember? Yeah, exactly what I remember. Uh, so, you know, go back to the college days. And I think, I think there's not enough. We see the final product as fans. Yeah. Okay. And so we're like, okay. And we're thinking about the game all week. And we're thinking about when he's in the final. Here's, when I go back, that's a great question. Because when I go back and I think to myself, okay, what was it like? Well, you don't understand that all the other stuff that these kids have going on in their lives. And when you're that young in the middle of the season is when you, this is why you see all these upsets yeah. in the middle of the season is when this stuff pops up. These kids get mentally tired. They've got the schoolwork on top of everything. They got girlfriend problems. They got all the different stuff. They've got a social life. They got all these different things that go on and the grind of a football season is very, very tough. And a lot of the, these kids aren't professional. Professionals know when to show up. They're getting paid a lot of money to do this. And they're most likely always going to treat it that way and be prepared. As a college kid, you have all these external things that are going on. And it takes a grind. And the college, being a college football is a grind. There's a lot that's asked of you. And right now in that middle of the season, you have a tendency is when this shows up to become a little bit mentally weak. And when you're a 32 point favorite and you can know you can just show up you think you can just show up and win the game and it drives coaches crazy i'm not putting on the coaches they're doing i guarantee you hugh freeze and staff right. are doing everything yeah. they can to get prepared but when the, to, to your question what ends up happening is you go in the game you think you're gonna win the game and then all of a sudden you realize you're not playing very well and then there's a little bit of a of a panic button that hits and that is oh my goodness we're in the fourth quarter late in the third quarter right now and honestly I probably didn't prepare the way that I needed to prepare. And that's a scary feeling. There's like, oh, th this team has a chance to be around. And when everything, when you hear coaches talk, it all is about preparation, preparation, yeah. preparation. How do we prepare, right? And in a player's mind, they've got all this stuff going on. They think they can show up win, and then they realize they're in a tight ball game. They probably haven't prepared properly for themselves personally. I'm not saying the coaching staff for themselves personally. Then that panic button can hit, and when that panic button can hit, 
anything can happen. And that's why you see a lot of upsets. Now, Rhett, you haven't always been a media mogul. No. You also were a Division three hockey coach. Take me in. Your coach, your coach, yeah. phrase, what do you do this week? How do you move past it? How do you get the guys locked back in? Because it's not getting easier. No. No, it's not. I think this is one of those pivotal weeks in the season. Like, even more so than Syracuse, we all talked about, okay, like, you got it. You got that loss. You know, it's under your belt now. Now you can kind of turn your focus the rest of the way. And I was thinking about this on the car ride in this morning. I'm like, Liberty fans, and I'll include myself in this moment as a Liberty fan, you're thinking, oh, man, after last year, we're going to have all these, you know, these seasons where it's going to be 10 and, you know, 10 and 2 or whatever the record may be. But the truth is, I think you're going to have to find that norm of, is it eight and four? Is it a seven and five year? But for, you know, coming at coach speak and you look at your guys, I think you almost have to relay that same message to your your team and say, hey, what do you want to be? What do you want to be right now? Do you want to be a team that's in the future going to be six and six year after year or a seven, five team that's just kind of, you're good. You're making bowl games and you're mediocre. Or do you want to get to that level where everybody expects us fan wise in the nation to be like a 10-win team year after year. That's the mindset. And if you want to be a 10-win team each and every season, then you're going to have to be able to go into these barns where you think these these stadiums where you think, hey, we're the favorite. We can just walk in. But, no, it takes so much more effort than that. And that's what you found out last week. But you need to know for the years moving forward that we're here that that kind of effort in the past just doesn't cut it. You're playing against some of the best college athletes in the world. They may be a 32-point underdog. But they're still going to want to bite you. They want a piece of you right. because you're a favorite. Yeah, and, and the other thing too, I think the best thing, and I, I imagine what Coach Reeves will do with this, is say, guys, we got to bury it. You got to bury it. We got to go back to what we did really, really well. Okay, and we're going to bury this game, put it behind us, and then I think what you're you're going to see this thing go one of two directions. Okay, if Liberty can start making big plays again. Right in the next game, have a great week of practice. Yeah. In the next game, start making big plays again. You'll see that confidence return. If you see a lot of the same kind of stuff, it could it could get ugly. I don't expect that at all because Malik Willis is such a good leader, such a good player. He's got the talent around him, and I, all they have to do is bury it and then make some plays early to regain that swagger back to themselves. And then you'll you'll see them play fine the rest of the season. Hold on, here's our first adversity on on Flame Central. I don't know if I agree with that. When, give me your definition of big play, because what I'm thinking is, I don't really necessarily want to see a seventy or like a seventy yard bomb. I just want to see the right decisions to move us downfield. That's that's where yeah. I feel like it almost needs to not go back from the ground up. But I want to see him hit a guy in a, a cross a crossing route. Yeah, the, that, the the continuity of doing things the right way. Okay, see that yes. that's I mean, it's more the continuity of like okay. When you put on the film and you see your five blocking them very well, okay, and then you see if running the ball very well, you see the receivers running good routes where, where it's gelled together as a team, that's what builds the confidence, right? It's hard when Malik Willis is just running around, guys aren't blocking anybody, Malik Willis is, is running around just making these unbelievable plays, okay? That's not good for down the road. It's really good when you see 11 guys working together, gelling as a unit offensively. And defensively, you look at defensively, you look at we've always dominated the third, second yeah. half of games. Yeah. And to, to, get, to get back to that, so guys, here's A, B, C, D, where we dominated every single one of these games, especially in the second half. Matt, you always would come out and say, man, it's unbelievable what Liberty does at halftime defensively. Scott Simons, right. the adjustments that he makes in order to play so well defensively. It went the complete opposite direction. 
So what do you have to do in order to get that back to gel together, not as individuals, but to gel together as a complete team? Well, they're going to have to try to figure it out against North Texas on the road next week. Real quick, we do want to mention a couple of positives from this game. I know they kind of get lost in all of this. That's true. Uh, Malik Willis, he did almost single-handedly with his legs win this game for the Flames. He true. ran for 50, 157 yards, including a 53-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter tied at 28-all where it looked like run. it was one of those moments where it's just like, all right, there we go. he's just going to do it. He's yeah. just going to put yeah. it on his back and say, I'll, I'll take care of this, boys. And they couldn't quite pull it out. The other highlight was Rashad Hardy, the former yeah. ULM linebacker, goes back home and he had 15 tackles and two and a half sacks. I think he had 15 tackles on the season going in. Man. He had 15 tackles, two and a half sacks. I think it was three and a half total tackles for loss. So he was flying around. He was motivated. Also, Elijah James played really well 12 tackles, one and a half sacks. So you did have some highlights on that defensive side of the ball. But man, they've got to get something figured out and get get on the same page and and you hear different guys talk in the post game and and I only take kind of what college athletes say with a grain of salt because sometimes I feel like maybe they're more worried about not saying the wrong thing and so they don't actually give always accurate information not that they're trying to hide stuff but they're trying to figure out like what should I say in these situations but you did hear a little bit of like we just need to make sure we're preparing the right way every week and you did hear a little bit of that Malik Willis to his credit, again, you mentioned him being a good leader. He said, these turnovers are on me. Like, these are stupid. The, and those were his words. Like, these are stupid turnovers. Like, yeah. one he was trying to throw away, and he just floated it out there in play that got intercepted. He's like, these, I can't keep doing this. And so, at least in those terms, you feel like the mental state of this team, what is it going to be going forward? At least you have a leader that isn't like, well, man, why did the defense give up 28? And like, he's not pointing fingers. He's not right. making excuses. He's taking it on himself, at least publicly. And and that, at least, you feel like, all right, that's a first step towards getting fixed what you need to get fixed. Yeah. And, and the, and I, would, I did want, I went back and watched the highlights of this game. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm as big a Malik Willis fan as there is. But I've always said this, and I said this, you know, that, that in the, in the Yacht Talk special is that Malik Willis is one step away from being an NFL first-day draft choice. And that is to be able to stand in the pocket in a pressure situation, not rely on his legs, and make the throws that he needs to make to lead his team down the field for a victory. And the last interception that he threw, yeah. like you can't put that, and I know Malik Willis will be the first one to say it, you can't put that on the coach. They had a great call. They, 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 they left Johnny Hundley in the game. Okay, so they left the tie in the game, which then didn't allow ULM to make a personnel adjustment. So they keep the tie in the game. That doesn't bring bring receiver in. It brings an extra defense. Everybody's gonna. There's a chess match going on. Yeah. Okay, they left in the game. They ran the seam. I can't remember it was Demar and I'm CJ Downs, whoever it was that was running the seam route. And then they brought they brought Johnny Hundley from the inside. He was the number three receiver inside on a crossing route. They had only rushed four guys. They had five to block four. They had everybody picked up. Shedra Lewis did a great job. Checked. That was clean. He slipped out of the backfield, ran the shallow cross. The seam route by the number two receiver was triple covered. He's the clear out guy. And Johnny Hundley came wide open on the crossing route. It was a perfectly designed play. And for whatever reason, Malik stood in the pocket and he threw the seam route when Johnny Hundley was wide. And if you didn't like that, there was nobody within 10 yards of Shedder Lewis on a shallow crosser. And that was the once like when, when the NFL guys turn on the film, when it all counts, 
He's got to have some of those down the stretch if he wants to be able to do that. And you also have to get a feel for what the situation is. If you're, you know, if you're playing Alabama, right, and you got a bunch of first round draft yeah. choice on the field, those dudes are going to be like on defense. Like, I'm making a play to win this game for our team, right? ULM, you have to think their mindset was like, I can't believe we're in this game <laughs> and there's a minute whatever yeah. left in this game and we're trying to hold on. It's going to be a very I don't want to be the one who screws it up and makes a mistake, so I'm going to be very protective. He, he could have just hit the Hunley on the cross or hit Chedwell and dink, dunk, dunk, then make your play athletically, score a touchdown, win the game. Everybody's happy, but instead he tried to – the last interception well, was the one that really and got And I'll me. even go one play before that. He The pressure came, the sack, they showed yeah. blitz, they, they brought it, and you've got to get rid of the football. You yeah. can't take a sack in that situation. So then the clock's moving, you're hustling, you're scrambling – you're speeding yourself up a little bit, yeah. and then you make the ill-advised, you know, pass that sail high. So, like, all those things kind of combined. But Liberty now goes on the road, plays North Texas. They're one and five. They've lost five straight. They lost to every FBS opponent they played this year by an average of 21 points. Rat poison. Yeah, rat right. Poison. They're 100. They're 115th poison. in the nation in scoring defense. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because honestly, after ULM, where where do you go? Like, yeah. I, I mean, like. This is a very winnable game, you would say, on paper for the Flames. And hopefully, they're able to kind of shake this off and come out and make a statement. Because as we've said time and time again, it's not going to get easier. Those last three games are still sitting out there. And all three of those are going to be extremely... Probably, you can make the case, those three are your three toughest on the season, period. So it's not. So you got to get something right. Yeah. You got to pick up. You got to win these games now before you get to that three game stretch. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to use a phrase here that can make you guys laugh. Build back better, and I think that's what you're going to see. Back better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think wow. that's what you're wow. going to see here. Wow. Uh, get that infrastructure in place. I, I really believe get the that. infrastructure <laughs> that's right. in place. You're going to see. I think you'll see Malik, but also just the the team from top down come at it with a new approach, which we were talking about, yeah. and just kind of doing things the right way. It'll start against North Texas, and I think you'll see a different Liberty football team moving forward because this is the opportunity. You know, uh, this is a great team to play after a, a, a loss that you want to call it an ugly loss, whatever you want to say, a disappointing loss. It's time to get the head screwed back on right. I know there's been banged up bodies and there's injuries and whatnot, but this is the time where you can make a change, get going forward the right way again, and you have to, but I think you have everybody's attention now. This, what, is, a, you, this is a big you game. Know, you, this know is. What, you know what is, was, is disappointing? That North Texas, like they used to be pretty good. When I know came, when they remember they came here. Mason Fine, yeah, right. Yeah. It looked yeah. like they were. I'm like building the, the, something special. And, and the coach, actually, Seth some, Luttrell. Seth Luttrell. Like he was a he was a hot candidate. He was like, yeah. he was the only, he was under Fedora at yeah. North Carolina, and then took the job at, at North Texas. It's and gone and like, there. and yeah. it's I like what happened at yeah. North Texas because when we had Amir and called that game, I was like, yeah. dude, he's going to get them going because there's plenty of talent in that area, and uh, you build you got a great re recruiting footprint there. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's really. I'm really. I wonder what happened. Haven't followed yeah. them obviously, yeah. but that's really strange to me. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough tough time for them. Can I do a random note real yes. quick? You mentioned Sean Tucker earlier, right? The, random the notes for Syracuse. His Twitter is hilarious, and I believe it's his official account. After every game, he tweets out something similar to this: "Friday we lost," and he puts the score. I'm pleased with my performance, but not happy we lost another close one. I ran 22 attempts. For 157 yards with <laughs> two receptions for 20 yards. With five games left, I'm just getting started. <laughs> like It's just That's random. Nice. Just Who is little, this? I know. He's a running back for uh, Syracuse. A like, good running back yeah. for that. Yeah. Tucker. He's just a little game uh, recap. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really funny how... Oh, you know what? They, that's him. Like The actual Syracuse account tagged that wow. same Twitter handle. So wow. 
Yeah. Hey, if you case it into a game. Maybe his mom doesn't watch it. She just gets on Twitter. Maybe. Like, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Oh, let's, good see job, how, let's see son. how he did today. Oh, good she job. She sends a sends him a text. Yeah. You ran the pigskin very well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Anyways, I just thought That's it was good. funny. Yeah. yeah, thanks for that, Rep. Yeah. All right, real quick. Uh, I mean, do we need to do the fantasy update? It was pretty typical. Uh, yeah, you. <laughs> Joe is still 56.9 points on the year. Rhett. That's Closed a little bit of a gap. He's at 146.7. Emily, 153.4. I'm at 281.3. Yeah, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, have you, have you done add, your uh, swap yet? I tried to No, get, uh, you need to. So, I yeah, know. this but week, wait, let's wait. go. You can yeah. swap out. But, here, but here's what's disappointing, and I was in my fantasy, right? The guys that I picked you have, you have, have good dudes. players. Like, yeah, where has Noah Frith been? It's been struggle for Where's I mean, I understand DJ Stubbs has been hurt. Yeah. Where's Darrell Johnson been? Yeah, and he was out. He missed this last yeah. game. So, which I don't and know. We got a bunch of injuries. About, right? Yeah. Which I, and every coach says injuries, no excuses, no excuses. Until they happen to you, and then it's like, well, we did have, and Liberty has had some I'll say interesting this. injuries this year. I think it, it Liberty has is them this season. I think Liberty is pretty banged up. Like I, I think they're more banged up than banged up than what they're they're letting on, to be honest. But still, no excuses. But I do think that is yeah. a part of it. No excuses. Go on the road, UNT. Yeah, Liberty needs to bounce back. Bounce back. We'll be here next week to talk all about it. Thanks for listening. See you guys.